There you are, Sebastian. Lizzie, have you been waiting long? Not long. You look so tired, my sweet. Were they terribly difficult? If I had known I'd be spending this much time dealing with American politicians, I would never have left London. Ugh, they complain about the expense of building my armoured artillery and in the same breath demand it be built faster. Obtuse, pompous idiots who don't understand the least thing about difficulties of my work. Are you trying to tell me that British politicians aren't obtuse, pompous idiots? Oh, they are. It's just they don't pretend to be anything else. <laughs> Poor Mr. Blackburn. You've never tolerated fools lightly, have you? But I have a cure for your suffering. I suspect you do at that. <laughs> I had something more wholesome in mind, thank you. If you'd let me take your arm, I thought perhaps we could find some dinner. Only dinner? Oh, uh, I suppose I can bear up under the disappointment. Oh, honey, it's only dinner for now. Oh, that sounds a much more tempting proposition. Give me your hand, Miss Blackburn. Let me find a coach and a very, very quick dinner. <laughs> Mr. Blackburn! Mr. Blackburn! It's too late, my now. You are Sebastian Blackburn, the engineer? Yes, yes I am, sir. I was listening to your testimony before. The arrogant idiot. They understand not. Entschuldigen Sie bitte. I am Eric Honacher. Eric Honacher? From Bremen? You wrote a paper on replacing steam power with galvanism. It was intriguing work. Danke. But the engineers in Prussia do not listen to me like these Americans not listen to you. Nobody can see past the steam engine. Steam is clean, steam is cheap, yeah? Nobody cares if it's not efficient. Lizzie, the Prussians have produced some of the finest engineers in the world. Second only to the British, mein Herr. Bitte forgive my rudeness, Fräulein. Es ist nicht wichtig, Herr Honecker. Wie geht es Ihnen? Sie verstehen meine Sprache, Fräulein. Wundervoll. Danke, Herr. Ich versuche, aber ich bin nicht kompetent. You're sure enough again, Lizzie. <coughs> Herr Honecker, may I present my wife, Elizabeth? An honour, Frau Blackburn. I have seen some interesting theoretical papers about galvanism, derived from your own writing. Have you seen the work of Elias Knox? I have spoken to Herr Knox about it, which is why I interrupt you now. Herr Knox and others are in Washington now. Georg Petrovich, Henry Young, many others. All want to meet you. I was sent to find you, ask you to join us at Herr Knox Club. Dinner... Conversation much, talk about engines and design. Ein wundersames Abenteuer, yeah? I fear I don't speak German. He said a wondrous adventure, my sweet. Forgive my husband, Herr Honecker. When he says he read your paper, what he means is I translated it and he listened. Not that I understood what I read. All this talk of voltic piles and horsepower is lost on me, I'm afraid. <laughs> it matters not. Sir, will you come? Frau Blackburn is auch welcome. Frau Dr. Barton is most anxious to meet her. If my wife is agreeable. Lead the way. Wunderbar. I have a coach waiting. Follow me, please. Gypsy Audio presents Episode 5 of the Blackburn Gaslight Adventures, Arachnophobia, written and directed by A.J. Clarkson. Hey there, Honecker. You found that Blackburn fella? Bring him on over here. That is her knocks. We should join them. Sebastian Blackburn, Elias Knox. 
Nice as hell to meet you, and you must be Mrs. Blackburn. I've heard so very much about you, it's a definite pleasure to make your acquaintance, man. As soon as I heard you were in Washington, I sent Honaker here to find you. I have been ever so looking forward to meeting the both of you. Mr. Knox. These Americans, they do not know social niceties, Herr Blackburn. Herr and Frau Blackburn, this is for Dr. Cecilia Barton. How do you do? And this is Professor Georg Petrovich. Madam. And this is Mr. Henry Young. A pleasure. Oh, come on, enough of your Teutonic stuffiness. Blackburn, I've seen the designs for your clockwork appendage. Did you know this Prussian peacock is trying to build one with an electric battery and an anti-cathera mechanism inside? <laughs> Says he can improve efficiency and provide actual sensation. Just like a proper limb. Wouldn't that be a heck of a thing? Look, it can't be done. The nerve endings aren't available to receive or transmit messages. And amputation damages the nerves that remain in the stump. Knox exaggerates. Only God can replace a hand's touch. But with my experiments, I can duplicate some sensation. Not able to feel a glass surface, but to feel that he holds the glass. Mrs. Blackburn, come away, please, before these men exhaust our ears with their talk of electricity and experiments. I only tease Mr. Knox. He's a good man, but he and his friends can be so tedious sometimes. Here, have a glass of wine. Thank you, and I understand. Much as I respect my husband, sometimes his talk of clockworks exhausts me. Mr. Honaker calls you doctor. Are you a physician? I am. I confess I have been waiting a long time to meet you. There are fewer women studying chemistry than there are studying medicine. It is good to talk to another woman of learning. I get so tired of being treated like some sort of freak for wanting to learn something more challenging than embroidery. Oh, yes, I'm extremely fortunate. Mr. Blackburn has never treated me as some helpless creature. He knew of my studies when we met. Indeed, I believe it was my work that was part of the attraction. He finds most women to be useless for anything but his ornaments for the parlor. If he had not met me, I fear he never would have married at all. You did him a good turn, then. Men need a wife to look after them, particularly men of science. The more intelligent the man, the less able he is to take care of himself. Give him a new toy to play with or a new puzzle to solve, and he forgets to even feed himself. <laughs> Too true. There are so many people here, men and women. They all scientists? After a fashion. See that lady there with the blue shawl? That's Penelope Hatteras, the dirigible pilot. Mr. Richards, the tall man with Miss Hatteras, has been touring the Amazon, cataloging the ritual practices of the native people. He's my patient, and after his last expedition, he came back with so many parasitic infestations, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to cure him. Really? Oh, how frightening. But should you be telling me this? Uh, normally, no. Patient privacy is important. But Richard's there boasts of it. Fifteen different intestinal worms. Even I am getting tired of hearing it again, and he pays my practice quite well to know the details. He's trying to convince me to write a monograph on the subject. 
I told him to write it himself, as he is so glad to talk of it endlessly. Speaking of your practice, perhaps I can make an appointment for Sebastian to visit your consulting rooms. His leg was broken in October, and though he denies it, I'm sure it troubles him. I have seen him limping. Of course. He broke it during your stay in Perryville, Kentucky. Or rather, it was broken for him by a walking dead man? If the truth is half so interesting as the idle talk has been, it must be quite the tale. You've heard of that? Oh, dear God. Not all the particulars, no. But the people in this room are a small community and quite insular for all their high-flown ideals. They talk endlessly. Do not believe the adage that says gossip is a vice practiced only by women. Without exception, the most incorrigible gossips I know have all been men. Which is not to suggest I'm not dying to hear the story. Do promise that you'll tell me everything. I promise I will. Do you have gatherings like this very often? Fairly often, yes. But this one is special. It is a sort of wake for one of our own. Dr. Edgar Dearborn, a brilliant engineer, died last week. How terrible! What happened? Oh, here comes somebody who knows the details better than I. Mr. Book, over here! Dr. Barton. I can't imagine why you're carrying all those books and papers. This is a wake, not a work party. Put them away, and let me present Mrs. Blackburn to you. Mr. Book, this is Mrs. Elizabeth Blackburn. Mrs. Blackburn, this is Thomas Book. He was a colleague of Dr. Dearborn. Oh, but we do know one another. How very good to meet you again, Mr. Book. We do? Why, Dr. Paul Lockwood is my father. You spent the summer with our family in Virginia. What was it, three years ago now? You and my brother shared lodgings while you were at the university. Uh, Dr. Lockwood, you have a brother... Everett? He had a sister Lizzie, I think. That was me. I can't believe you don't remember. My apologies, madame. Mr. Book, can you tell us a little more about Dr. Dearborn's death? I know he was working on a mechanical loader of some sort. He thought it could be used in the railway industry, Mrs. Blackburn. Though, if I recall correctly, you thought it would have military applications, didn't you, Mr. Book? Dr. Durbin's death was an accident and no more. An armature fell on him while he was repairing it. His skull was crushed. Oh, dear God! For heaven's sake, Book, have a care for Mrs. Blackburn's nerves. Book, are you ill? You're sweating, and your color is very pale. You're not acting like yourself. I'm fine. Nonsense. You've got a fever. Here, come here, sit down. You can barely stay on your feet. Madam, unhand me, if you please. You've dropped your papers. Here, let me help you pick them up. Leave them late. I'll get them, thank you. Mrs. Blackburn, she's not been Miss Lockwood for some time, Book. You're not thinking clearly. Now do as your doctor says and... Dr. Barton, do stop fussing. I am well. I merely am exhausted by all this noise and chatter when I have work to do. I'm only trying to help, Book. And I appreciate your concern, but I am well 
And moreover, I am busy. Good evening, ladies. Mrs. Blackburn, I do apologize. Usually Mr. Book is the soul of courtesy. There is no need. Sebastian can become quite brusque when his mind is occupied. What puzzles me is that he didn't remember me. We became good friends when he visited our family. My brothers teased me that Brooke might court me formally. I can't believe he forgot so... Wait a minute, what's this? Looks like an engineering schematic. I don't know what of, though. Perhaps some sort of vehicle? You know, I couldn't even begin to guess. I leave such things to my husband. No doubt he'll want it back. We'd better go and find him and return it to him. Replace the Antikythera? You're mad, sir. <laughs> no, I'm not. My wireboard should prove faster, more efficient, and lighter weight than an Antikythera. Moreover, it will be cheaper to make, and instead of calculating a hundred procedures, it could conceivable calculate several thousand procedures. Several orders of magnitude more procedures. With less weight and less costs, using only wires and electrical impulse. How? An Antikythera uses gears and cogs to organize decision-making, yes? You organize this gear to trigger this result, this gear to trigger that result. You have to resolve all the possible solutions ahead of time. With my wire board, instead of gears and cogs, you only have insulated wires and pegs. One peg for each possible input, and one for each possible result, and a wire connecting them. An electrical charge is sent along the wires, and it completes a circuit. A board and wire, huh? Well, I can see where that would be lighter, and certainly cheaper to make. But faster... More calculations. How? Electricity is faster than gears and cogs. And more pegs and wires means more calculations, with no more weight added. You can't say that about an Antikythera. Here, it's simpler to show you than to explain. I have the plans upstairs in my room. Well, go on, fetch them. I want to see this. It's plumb loco, you know. Wires and pegs replacing gears. It can't be done. They said the same thing about steam replacing the horse knocks. Dr. Dearborn would have agreed with you, Mr. Blackburn. He was a forward thinker. He was an innovator. His death is a loss to our science. Such a great shame. What a tragedy. His death is a puzzle is what it is. The accident was powerful peculiar. If it was an accident, that is. Not again, Knox. You are jumping at shadows, imagining threats when none exist. You didn't see the body, Rusky. I did. That fella's head was smashed in like a pumpkin, but it weren't from the fall of that armature. It had been struck a hell of a lot of times. His skull was in pieces, and he had wounds on his hands and arms, bruises and cuts, like he'd been in a scrap by the bobcat. My hand gets cut when I'm working with raw metal and sharp tools, one of the hazards of the occupation. Not like this. A few weeks ago, Dearborn told me he was worried that somebody had been going through his workshop while he wasn't there, rifling through his papers and that. That's why he'd started carrying his important papers around with him. Perhaps, Mr. Knox. And yet no papers were found upon him. More importantly, that assistant fellow of his... What was his name? Franklin Ford? Freudenberg? Something like that. Fordham. The young man's name was James Fordham. Fordham, Fordham, that's his name. Anyway, Fordham had been acting oddly for several days before the accident. And now, nobody can find the man. I'd say that's a touch suspicious, don't you? Fordham is barely more than a child, Mr. Knox. If I were in his position, the only witness to such a terrible accident, and possibly under suspicion, especially by one as <clears throat> bullheaded as yourself, I too would do my best to disappear. 
you read too much into youthful ignorance. Well, now I don't know about that. Have you noticed Book? He's been acting just as oddly since the accident. He has a cold that makes him ill-tempered, not evil. He is to be pitied, not suspected. Just as with Mr. Fordham. My plans aren't in my rooms. Well, maybe you left them at home. No, I didn't. I was working on them this afternoon, before the party. Either I've mislaid them or they've gotten lost. They're not stolen, are they? If your work is a revolutionary as it sounds, it could be valuable. Now, now, you and your wife are the only newcomers here, Mr. Blackburn. This here's a friendly little club. We all know each other and we don't steal from one another. Your faith in your fellow man is greater than my own. I have no doubt the plans are lost in that rat's warren you call housekeeping. Come, I shall help you look. Thank you, George. Gentlemen, if you'll excuse us. Now then, Blackburn, I'd like to hear more about your adventures in Kentucky with the reanimated fellas. You know about that. Oh, sir, everybody knows about that. You know us scientists. Bunch of backfence gossips, every one of us. This is more my wife's story than my own. Wait, here she comes. Lizzie, Mr. Knox wants to know about Paraville. Yes, I don't doubt it. Apparently everybody knows for all our work to keep it quiet. I confess that's my fault. Uh, Dr. Avery Fuller, the fellow that gave you all that trouble about the dog, he and I went to university together. He gave me a few hints when I last At saw him. At which point and, well, you spread the tale to everybody it. in your acquaintance. Well, yes, yes, I did. Oh, don't roll your eyes at me, Cecilia. The Walking Dead on a Confederate battlefield? Well, that's a story that only gets better with the telling. I've heard Fuller's version. Now I want to hear yours. You know, Sebastian is a much better storyteller than I am. Besides, I'm trying to find Mr. Brooke. He spoke to Dr. Barton and me a few moments ago, and he dropped his papers during our conversation. I merely want to return them to him. I reckon he went upstairs. Let me send one of the servants to get him. No, he's an old friend, and he really wasn't acting like himself. I'd hope to check on him and see if he needed any help. Do you want me to come with you, Lizzie? No, my love, it's all right. You go on and finish your conversation. I'll only be a few minutes. Mr. Brooke, are you in there? Mr. Broke, it's Lizzie Blackburn. You know, Lizzie Lockwood. Are you up here? Mr. Broke, are you in here? What? Who? Oh, I beg your pardon. I didn't mean to intrude. Excuse me. Wait, why are you here? I knocked on the door and it opened on its own. I wasn't prying, I promise. I was looking for Mr. Brooke. Have you seen him? What do you need book for? Well, he dropped the papers a few moments ago downstairs. We found them, and I'm returning them. Sir, who are you? I can't see your face with your collar turned up like that. Never mind. Let me see the papers. No, I cannot do that. These plans belong to Mr. Brooke, and if he's anything like my husband, he won't like you looking at him. He won't like me looking at them either. Sir, you didn't answer my question. Who are you? Have we been introduced? Just give me the papers now, Miss Lockwood. Lockwood? Mr. Brooke, is that you? Why are you acting so oddly? You really should let Dr. Barton examine you. May I have my papers, please? Of course. As you can see, I didn't examine them. They are pristine. Wait. These papers don't have your name on them. It says C. Newcomb in the corner. What are you doing with Mr. Newcomb's papers? He... 
gave them to me to look after. That sounds unusual. These papers aren't yours either. Henry Young, Francis Davis, Edgar Dearborn. Wait, that's the man that was killed. What are you doing with Dearborn's... <gasps> you let go of me this instant! You're hurting my arm! Nobody is to know. Nobody is to discover your work. Kill or convert anyone who interferes with your mission. Mr. Brook, will you let me go! Kill or convert. Kill or convert. Kill or convert. No! Sebastian! Help! Sebastian! <laughs> Kill or convert. Where is it? Where is it? On the desk? Sebastian! I, I have to get out of here. Found it. Is it loaded? Yes. Come here, Miss Lockwood. I have a gift for you. I know it looks like a spider, but it isn't. Let go of me! Let go! Quit fighting me, Miss Lockwood, and listen. Once you feel its effects, you must listen to your instructions. You must obey your instructions. Do you understand? Please don't do this! No! Keep that spider away from me! Just hold still. This hurts badly enough without you struggling. No! Tonight's episode of Arachnophobia was written and directed by A.J. Clarkson. Sebastian Blackburn was played by James Leeper. Elizabeth Blackburn was played by Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard. Dr. Barton was played by Carol Stokes. Henry Young was played by Aaron Scalfo. Petrovich was played by Kate Donovan. Thomas Book was played by Glenn Hibbert. Elias Knox was played by Pete Milan. Mr. Honecker was played by Thomas Rippert. Arachnophobia is produced by Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard. Music was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Sound effects were provided by Freesound.org. The Blackburn Gaslight Adventures and Arachnophobia are protected under a Creative Commons license 2012. Our executive producer is GypsyAudio.org. I'm A.J. Clarkson. Thank you for listening.